This is day 12 of our daily Bible reading. Today will be Exodus chapter 6 through Exodus chapter 10. Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to study your word and to disconnect from the things around us so we can just focus on you today. Please guide us through your word into all truth that we may learn from it and ultimately worship you and trust you in all things through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for under compulsion he will let you go, and under compulsion he will drive them out of his land. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they sojourned. Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel, because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Go. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am unskilled in speech. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, and gave them a charge to the sons of Israel, and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt to bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These are the heads of their father's households, the sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, Hanak and Palu, Hezron and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben. The sons of Simeon, Jemuel and Jamin and Ohad and Jakin and Zohar and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their generations, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. And the length of Levi's life was 137 years. The sons of Gershon, Libni and Shimei, according to their families. The sons of Kohath, Amram and Izhar and Hebron and Uziel and the length of Kohath's life was 133 years. The sons of Merari, Mali and Mushi, 
These are the families of the Levites according to their generations. Amram married his father's sister, Jochebed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. And the length of Amram's life was 137 years. The sons of Izhar, Korah and Nepheg and Zikri. The sons of Uziel, Mishael and Elzaphan and Sithri. Aaron married Elisheba, the daughter of Amenadab, the sister of Nashan, and she bore him Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. The sons of Korah, Asir, and Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These are the families of the Korahites. Aaron's son Eleazar married one of the daughters of Pudiel, and she bore him Phinehas. These are the heads of the households of the Levites, according to their families. It was the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt, according to their hosts. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing out the sons of Israel from Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron. Now it came about on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am unskilled in speech. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I make you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my hosts. My people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt, by great judgments. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. So Moses and Aaron did it, as the Lord commanded them, thus they did. Moses was eighty years old, and Aaron eighty-three, when they spoke to Pharaoh. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Work a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and thus they did, just as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. For each one threw down his staff, and they turned into serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them, as the Lord had said. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water and station yourself to meet him on the bank of the Nile. And you shall take in your hand the staff that was turned into a serpent. You shall say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But behold, you have not listened until now. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it will be turned to blood. The fish that are in the Nile will die, and the Nile will become foul, and the Egyptians will find difficulty in drinking water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, over their streams, and over their pools, and over their reservoirs of water, that they may become blood. And there will be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. So Moses and Aaron did even as the Lord had commanded. And he lifted up the staff and struck the water that was in the Nile, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the water that was in the Nile was turned to blood. The fish that were in the Nile died, and the Nile became foul, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. And the blood was through all the land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same with their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Then Pharaoh turned and went into his house with no concern, even for this. So all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the Nile. Seven days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite your whole territory with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs, which will come up and go into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and into the houses of your servants and on your people and into your ovens and into your kneading bowls. So the frogs will come up on you and your people, and all your servants. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the streams, and over the pools, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The magicians did the same with their secret arts, making frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may remove the frogs from me 
and from my people, and I will let the people go, that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, The honor is yours to tell me. When shall I entreat for you and your servants and your people, that the frogs be destroyed from you and your houses, that they may be left only in the Nile? Then he said, Tomorrow. So he said, May it be according to your word, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will depart from you and your houses and your servants and your people. They will be left only in the Nile. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had inflicted upon Pharaoh. The Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, the courts, and the fields. So they piled them in heaps, and the land became foul. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, that it may become gnats through all the land of Egypt. They did so, and Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth, and there were gnats on man and beast. All the dust of the earth became gnats through all the land of Egypt. The magicians tried with their secret arts to bring forth gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Now the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning, and present yourself before Pharaoh, as he comes out to the water, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you do not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you, and on your servants, and on your people, and into your houses. And the houses of the Egyptians will be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground on which they dwell. But on that day I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people are living, so that no swarms of flies will be there, in order that you may know that I, the Lord, am in the midst of the land. I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign will occur. Then the Lord did so. And there came great swarms of flies into the house of Pharaoh and the houses of his servants, and the land was laid waste because of the swarms of flies in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God within the land. But Moses said, It is not right to do so, for we will sacrifice to the Lord our God what is an abomination to the Egyptians? If we sacrifice what is an abomination to the Egyptians before their eyes, will they not then stone us? We must go a three days journey into the wilderness 
and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he commands us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Make supplication for me. Then Moses said, Behold, I am going out from you, and I shall make supplication to the Lord, that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. Only do not let Pharaoh deal deceitfully again in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses went out from Pharaoh and made supplication to the Lord. The Lord did as Moses asked and removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also, and he did not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and speak to him. Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go, and continue to hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will come with a very severe pestilence on your livestock, which are in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the herds, and on the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing will die of all that belongs to the sons of Israel. The Lord set a definite time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the sons of Israel, not one died. Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not even one of the livestock of Israel dead. But the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves handfuls of soot from a kiln, and let Moses throw it toward the sky in the sight of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over all the land of Egypt, and will become boils breaking out with sores on man and beast through all the land of Egypt. So they took soot from a kiln, and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it toward the sky and it became boils, breaking out with sores on man and beast. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians as well as on all the Egyptians. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not listen to them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you, and your servants, and your people, so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. 
For if by now I had put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would then have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this reason, I have allowed you to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. Still you exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go. Behold, about this time tomorrow, I will send a very heavy hail, such as not has been seen in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Now therefore send, bring your livestock and whatever you have in the field to safety. Every man and beast that is found in the field and is not brought home, when the hail comes down on them, will die. The one among the servants of Pharaoh, who feared the word of the Lord, made his servants and his livestock flee into the houses. But he who paid no regard to the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. Now the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky, that hail may fall on all the land of Egypt, on man and on beast and on every plant of the field throughout the land of Egypt. Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very severe, such as not been seen in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck all that was in the field through all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. The hail also struck every plant of the field and shattered every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the sons of Israel were, there was no hail. Then Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is the righteous one, and I and my people are the wicked ones. Make supplication to the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail, and I will let you go, and you will stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I go out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be hail no longer, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Now the flax and the barley were ruined, for the barley was in the ear and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the spelt were not ruined, for they ripened late. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh, and spread out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and rain no longer poured on the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not let the sons of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may perform these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson how I made a mockery of the Egyptians, and how I performed my signs among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. They shall cover the surface of the land, so that no one will be able to see the land. They will also eat the rest of what has escaped, what is left to you from the hail. And they will eat every tree which sprouts for you out of the field. Then your houses shall be filled, and the houses of all your servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, something which neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen from the day that they came upon the earth until this day. As he turned and went out from Pharaoh, Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not realize that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones that are going? Moses said, We shall go with our young and with our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds we shall go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, Thus may the Lord be with you, if ever I let you and your little ones go. Take heed, for evil is in your mind. Not so. Go now, the men among you, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desire. So they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come up on the land of Egypt and eat every plant of the land, even all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and the Lord directed an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. The locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled in all the territory of Egypt. They were very numerous. There had never been so many locusts nor would there be so many ever again. For they covered the surface of the whole land, so that the land was darkened, and they ate every plant of the land and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left. Thus nothing green was left on tree or plant of the field through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh hurriedly called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore, please forgive my sin only this once, 
and make supplication to the Lord your God, that he would only remove this death from me. He went out from Pharaoh and made supplication to the Lord. So the Lord shifted the wind to a very strong west wind, which took up the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not one locust was left in all the territory of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and did not let the sons of Israel go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the sons of Israel had light in their dwellings. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be detained. Even your little ones may go with you. But Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice them to the Lord our God. Therefore our livestock too shall go with us. Not a hoof should be left behind. For we shall take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And until we arrive there, we ourselves do not know with what we shall serve the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Beware, do not see my face again. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. Moses said, You are right. I shall never see your face again. All right, so we know this section of scripture, especially if you've spent any time in Sunday school or in church. I'm sure at one point as a kid, we've heard about these ten plagues. This this stuff is not anything new, but there's just a few things I wanted to point out from here that may be a rehash as well, but still worth noting. So in chapter 6, he recalls his covenant to Moses. He explains to him what he's going to do, and that he remembered the covenant that he made with his ancestors, with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. And he said that he would also redeem them with an outstretched arm and with great judgments, so that he will take them for his people, he will be their God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And what's very interesting as well is that he also says that he did not know himself by his name, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. They did not know him by that name before this time. But he made himself known now that this is who he is. And then it talks about the people that were the leaders at the time. And even with all of that, Moses being the character that he is, you know, at the very end of chapter 6 says, I, I, I'm not, I can't do this. 
you know, I can't, I'm unskilled in speech. How, why is he going to listen to me? And he's like, look, we're going to talk about this again. I guess you're not getting it. I'm not getting through to you. I'm God. And I will get through to you, Moses, one way or another. You're going to take your brother Aaron. He's going to do the talking. You're going to tell him what he needs to say. We already went through this, man. And, I mean, he was 80 years old, and he was still begging the Lord on this. It's ridiculous. So then you see the progression of things. You see, go first they go to Pharaoh. He throws his staff down, turns into a snake. And then the magicians do it, too. Again, this is demonic power. Some demonic power can do things that normal people cannot. They do have supernatural abilities. Secret arts, they called it. But really, their secret arts are evil. There are no signs apart from God that are good. So then we begin the plagues. First, they, he turns the water of the Nile into blood, but not just the Nile River itself. He also says that he transformed all of the, all the pools, all the reservoirs, even water that's in wooden and stone containers, not even connected to the water, was turned to blood. I can imagine how bad it stunk because of the blood as well as the fish being all dead. And apparently, the there was still some water that was not tainted by this, uh, turned into blood, and they demonstrated that they could transform it into blood too. So um, now it would have been more helpful for them if they could change the bloody water back to good water, right? But they were able to copy whatever Moses and Aaron did to some degree in a smaller amount, sure but they still were able to do it. So that doesn't really, to them, didn't convince them of anything. That, well, we could do it too. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a god. So then we do the frogs, right? So we have the second plague of frogs, and the frogs are just everywhere. You see the magicians were not able to make the frogs go away. They were able to make more frogs come up. But uh, so they were still not convinced because they were able to copy the same sign. And then you just see Pharaoh just being annoying, as he always is, and take away the frogs. When are you going to let us go? Tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. Yeah, you know what? I changed my mind. And you, what you, if you notice that through the different plagues, it alternates between... Pharaoh hardening his heart, and God hardening his heart. Remember that God is sovereign over the heart, over your heart, over my heart, everybody's heart. And But the thing is, is that in this particular case, God is not just creating um, opposition toward himself. He doesn't have to. You know, he he helped encourage hardening of the heart, but he's using what was already there. Pharaoh, as you can see, was stubborn enough where God didn't have to make him this way. He just brought out what was already there. And it says why he did that. So we still have that question is, why did he keep doing this? Why is it like we're so close to getting out of Egypt? 
But then God's like, nope, not yet. I'm going to harden his heart and he's going to refuse here. Why? And so, he, but he explains why. He's like, look, I'm doing this because I need this whole world to know that I did this. Not just one or two things, but you have no idea what I'm capable of. And I'm going to show you my power and show you what I did in order to get Israel out of Egypt so that they will remember for all time, as well as it will be written in my word, this is what I did. And it's not possible for man or for any secret arts to do. Because we see even up to the third plague that they tried to make the gnats. The third plague was the gnats tried to make those, and even the magicians threw up their hands and they said, there's no way. They acknowledged God's power. This is the finger of God. There's, we can't do this. And from then on, they couldn't do any of it. But if you also see, not only did, when they thought they were making progress with Pharaoh, and he started to bargain with them, and what kind of bargains they make? Well, you can go, but just don't go three days away. But no, we need to go three days away. Nope, I'm not doing it. Well, only the men go. Leave everybody else behind, but only the men can go. No, we want everybody to go. Then nope, that's not what I want to do. All you people can go, just leave the animals behind. No, we need them for the sacrifices. Well, no, then, then no deal. So we see the reoccurring theme here. Not only is he just hardening his heart, you know, being stubborn and refusing to submit, but what is God trying to teach us in this? If we acknowledge who he is, then we should be obedient to him to the letter. If he says, let every person in Israel go, the livestock, everything go, then we should be obedient to that point. We don't compromise with God. Sure, we can petition to him, and he may allow us something, but if he is commanding us, he expects submission. And the one thing that Pharaoh lacked was humility. His pride was so arrogant that he refused to listen to God throughout this whole process. And he called him out on it, too. God called him out. For the reason I have allowed you to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name throughout the earth, but yet you still exalt yourself against my people. Self-exaltation, that's pride, arrogance, stubbornness, refusing to submit to the will of God. We do not want to be numbered among them. But this is exactly what Pharaoh did. All the way to the hail, to the disease, to the flies, to the locusts. Now, even in my lifetime, I've seen YouTube videos of crazy locust swarms, but those are nothing compared to what happened in Egypt. Because the Lord would not lie and say that, you know, 
nothing. We never will see anything like it ever again. That's how severe this plague was. But then we don't see any form of repentance from Pharaoh. He comes close a couple of times, especially in chapter 10. He says, I have sinned against the Lord and against you. Please forgive my sin only this once. Why only this once? It should be a constant repentance, you know? Pharaoh continued to compromise. He, he only wanted to submit when it was convenient for him. And we got down all the way to three days of just darkness. The Lord continued to harden his heart. Again, this last plague that we're going to have in uh, chapter 11 and 12 is going to be the final act of God. And it's going to establish the Passover. And the Passover is going to be significant for the history of this nation. And so God chose it this way to allow these things to happen. As a result, we they will hold a tradition of, um, even to this day, they celebrate Passover to remember what the Lord has done for them. Everything God does has a purpose, and we should never question him on it. We, we, we can wrestle with things, you know, but we should never deny God's power or his sovereignty in these things. He knows a lot better than we do, and we should be obedient to him regardless of how we feel about it. Ultimately, if we trust God for who he is, we won't fight him on it. But we, we are still human beings, and we still struggle with self-will, self-pride, and doubt. But ultimately, at the end of everything, we are obedient. Even you see this from Moses as well. You know, he didn't agree with God's methods. He said, oh, I'm not the right person for this. I need help. I'm Why send me? I'm useless, you know. And yet, he still did it. And that's something to admire. You start seeing Moses get it a little bit. He didn't always agree with God's methods. And he fought him and resisted him many times, but he still went through with it. And that's important. Because he knew that Moses needed training. And during this process, you start seeing maturity come out of Moses to where he's eventually going to be the man that God wants him to be. Will he be perfect? No. We're going to see that plenty. But one of the few men of the Bible where he's called the man of God, it's something that we should strive to be called to, a man or a woman of God, to where God regards us as a friend. Not only is he a friend of ours because of the imputation of grace by Jesus Christ, but simply because we seek him like a friend. We should be seeking the Lord like he is our friend, to establish a relationship with him. Not just pray to him because we need stuff or read his Bible because we're supposed to, but do we care about him as an individual, as a being, that we should seek him out and try to understand him for who he is? I certainly want to know the Lord more intimately. And prayer is one of my weakest qualities, which is something I am really trying to work on because I want to know the Lord more personally. Not just who he's revealed himself to be in scripture, 
but I want to know more about him in my life and to spend time with him as a friend, as a mentor, as my father, you know? And I hope that we desire that too. So that's all I have for today. Um, tomorrow we will talk about the institution of the Passover. We know the story. The angel of death comes and takes the firstborn of everybody that did not have the blood on their doorposts. And then we see them leave exactly as God said they would. They would not leave empty-handed. They were given a lot of stuff. And then they come to the Red Sea, which is always an interesting read. Until next time, thank you for listening. I'm Ryan. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care and God bless.